Why, hey. hello there. Didn't see you there. How you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm fantastic. Wonderful. Welcome to Beer and Other Shit episode 15. That is... Uh, no, it's not really a notable number, is it? Not really at all. No, it's not Let's at all. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Fuck it. But and we did do something notable with this particular podcast. Yes, we did. So what we, did we, uh, do? we what went did we live do? on location at uh, House of Parliament, which House is of a, Parliament. a pub in the east end of Toronto. Cabbage Town, what up? Represent. And on top of that, it was our first, so it was our first on location podcast. Secondly, it was our first video podcast yes we're gonna try our Joe Rogan shit we didn't have like three cameras with different angles we had Tiffany my wonderful girlfriend holding us the fuck down on her Spielberg shit she was all up in that filming it we were recording it uh, hopefully Notion has done a nice job to cut out as much background noise as possible and we're gonna have this up on the Beer and Other Shit YouTube channel as well in its full thing because I don't know what else to do so if y'all have got any thoughts if you see the video and you're like hey how about you try this let us know. In We're your open thoughts. to suggestions. Completely open. So it was good. We today we interviewed. Oh, I'm not going to say his name. It's Jason Cooch. We'll call Cooch. him Cooch. Uncle Cooch. The is beer what we wizard. Call him. The beer motherfucker. Let me just pass that over for you, Tiff. No worries, babe. Um, the beer wizard from Toronto Urban Adventures Tours, I believe, is what it's called. Really cool dude. Wealth of knowledge. That guy. He's a G. Yeah. Uh, I've known him for a while uh, via Facebook, and luckily, or strangely, a small world enough, he was good friends with when Scott and I lived together up in here. We're in Toronto right now, by the way, as you can tell by the this beautiful bridge fire. fire. Because it's like minus thirty-five out right now, so we gotta At stay least warm. Staying warm as fuck. And uh, so Jason was homies with our old uh, landlord and roommates and stuff. So small world. And, and strangely uh, enough, used to live in the same building that we're this in right very now. Very building. It's it's just Ridiculous. a historical moment. It's wonderful. But so what we're gonna do before we get into it, we're gonna do some sponsors. But let's just quickly before we get to the sponsors, even. So being beer and other shit, we do drink other shit as well, not just beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We do prefer the finer things in life. So uh, what we have here is Crown Royal's Northern Harvest Rye. Can y'all you can see, see that? It's in a CC glass, but As it's Crown see. Royal. Labeled. What um, else do? It was rated uh, 2015's Best Whiskey of the Year. Best. If you walk into any LCBO, they have signs up saying they don't fucking have any. These cunts so are like hot sought after. Yeah. Like, like hot cakes. As three previous McDonald's employees in the room, what up, Chanel Williams, going to be on a future podcast? <laughs> what it does, what it does. Hotcakes. You know what I mean? So, this shit is pretty lit. Scott is a gentleman enough to, uh, you know, hook a brother up with a motherfucking shot here. So, we're going to sip this in front of and our beautiful Birchwood fire. fire whilst we are just briefly recapping uh, Wagwan with it. Um, and then we're going to let uh, let the interview speak for itself. So, first of all, cheers, cheers. Hunt. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit is good. Now, best in the world, I don't like I'm, I'm here. I don't know a lot about whiskeys. A rye, as this is. But do you reckon it's best in the world? Uh it's good. I like it. My favorite whiskey I've had is Johnny Walker Blue Label. That shit was Which shit is was unreal. Like just the most the smoothest liquor I've ever put in my mouth paws. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's aged for a minimum, all the malts are aged for a minimum of twenty-five years. But let's not talk about that. This is actually quite a delicious whiskey. It's kind of grown on me. Yeah. It has like a almost like a smoky apple flavor to it. Okay. Uh, it's definitely a sipping whiskey. I wouldn't mix this with anything. You, nice. don't, you don't have to. It stands yeah, up. Yeah, I mean to, you just uh, chucked it in a glass here with a nice little cube. 
Yeah. Um, I'm fucking with this. It says it's got, uh, it's smooth with hints of fruit, cloves, and spice. So yep. it's practically a wheat beer. Essentially. Practically. A non-carbonated, super high ABV wheat beer. Super high. What is this motherfucking shit? That thing's 40. 40? I mean, I can fuck yeah. with that. doesn't say. But it but is yeah, delicious. Like a, this, this is a, a sip in front of a faux fireplace type of uh, whiskey, in mm. my opinion. As a, a last evening uh, with uh, Chanel and Tiff, we were out at... Follies Brew Pub, which is another yes. dope ass spot up here in Toronto. Oh, and, Dundas, uh, correct? College. College. It's college. We were trying to watch yeah. it. was college. We were saying in the They're podcast. Basically the same so street, there you but... go. And uh, we had, or Chanel and Scott had, and we got together to try it. was called a Pappy It's Van a Pappy Winkle. Van Winkle, the 12 year reserve. We've been, Chanel and I have been looking for this. Uh, this uh, liquor for I don't know how long now, but would you say a hot minute? A hot minute though, still. A hot yeah. minute though, still. Okay, okay. So we've I finally found it. This place, uh, Folly, actually has a very extensive whiskey list, which I was surprised which is to see cool for a brew pub, from right? a brew pub, right? Yeah. Like probably the most extensive list I've seen. And I knew I was going to find it because uh, it's a pretty you know sought after whiskey. And if they have all these other whiskeys, I'm like for sure. And I found it, and uh, for like thirty bucks an ounce is actually a pretty good deal considering I've seen it go for fifty dollars at other places in the city. Yeah. So I we shot. gave it a shot. It was uh, I, it, I, I really liked it. I mean, I, I would by no means consider myself a whiskey connoisseur. Uh, I know shit whiskey and good whiskey, and it mm-hmm. was a very good whiskey. Um, really spicy, and it, it was strong. Like just the aroma smelling yeah. off the glass was like overwhelming. I, I would say it'd be more overwhelming than this from memory, even though it was. Like oh yeah, this is like. this is like uh, Coors Light compared to that. So yeah, which yeah. is interesting. Why is this whiskey winning these contests or comp- you know, like just? Yeah. And then that type of stuff is not like what's up with that. Is, yeah. is there some shit going on? There? I have no idea. I haven't even started to like, delve in the whiskey world really. Yeah. So I'd like if there's any whiskey motherfuckers who know what's up with that, like holla, because we don't really know what's up with it. Um, but yes, we should probably get really quickly. We should go to that theme song. Theme song. Theme song. We're just gonna hear be here by the fire. Maybe we should hear a theme song. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of crap beer, we can do this. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of crap beer, we can do this. Yeah. Oh, that's the joy. Always that. Always makes me happy. Doesn't it? Yeah. So, sponsors. Let's get that the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, who we got? Brewheads. Thebrewheads.com. If you hit up uh, thebrewheads.com and you use the coupon code BAOS for brewing beer and other shit, you get 15% off your order. Hats, t-shirts, glassware. They got them snifters back, I think, too, the oh, ones you're talking about. The nice. good, good yeah, ones. I like those. Uh, coasters, um, fucking hop pants, which are yoga pants. Hop they aren't, they aren't leggings, pants. they're yoga pants. Well, you have to wear shorts over those, right? Because you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No but if you're doing that. yoga, you could probably yeah, rock. I, I used to so. rock them to the gym like pretty heavy and yeah. everyone looked at me like a funny cunt, but I thugged it out. You know as long as you mean? have handsome junk. It's oh, yeah, like I tried to make sure I chucked an extra sock down nice. there. Nice. So, yeah, thebrewheads.com. Secondly, new sponsor, we have Jason's mm. business, which is Toronto Urban Adventures, which is torontourbanadventures.com. If you sign up for one of their tours and you use the code BREWHEAD, a singular. BREWHEAD as, singular. As you'll hear from Jason, actually in the next episode, yes. let's be real here, uh, you 20% 20% off your tour. Which, which is, is a bargain. A bargain and a half. And they have a bunch of, they have like the beer, a history of beer tour. 
And even as you hear in the podcast, Jason is a wealth of knowledge. The dude is extremely intelligent. He's done his fucking homework. Very well spoken. Knows what's extremely. up. Yeah. And you know, if you go, on, I, we we would have gone on that tour today if it wasn't if it didn't wasn't cancelled because just so gives cold. us an excuse to go another time. We'll 100 go another time, and we'll probably live podcast from the tour. That would be really as cool. we're going. Right. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. Um. So he definitely hit Jason up. Let him know you heard it on the podcast. Shit is lit. Uh. And thirdly, we'll go with uh, illnotestudios.com. So if you have a podcast or any other audio needs and you need that shit makes the master sound like a boss dog that you are if you do podcasts in busy restaurants with crying babies and people moving tables <laughs> and chairs around that's your man hit up your boy illnotestudios.com and uh, the code I guess you just, just uh, if you go to illnotestudios.com you can contact him and you can just, just be like hey yo I heard this shit on the podcast beer and other shit walk one with it and then they'll be all like yo we give you 15% off because that's how notions finna do you like that because that because that is what the fuck is yeah, up. That's what's up. So it's a pretty good uh, episode today. So check it out. Um, it's a good conversation. This is part one. So this is episode 15, I believe, on the podcast. I did say 14. You I don't duffer. know what the fuck is wrong with me. Something went wrong in my head. I think I was dropped as a baby. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but it is episode 15. That is 1-5. Um, anything else to add? Nah, let it roll. I'd say get it up, yeah? And we can do a real quick... Let's do a little cheers. Catch you, cunts. <laughs> All right, we rolling. So this, welcome, y'all. This is our first ever on uh, on scene podcast. What's, there's another word for that. What's it called? On location. On, on location. location. Live and on location. This We're not really is, uh, live. Not necessarily live, but this yeah. is pretty cool. So hopefully, Notion would have like, got awesome. rid of the the fucking background noise and shit. And yeah. Jason, welcome, yeah. brother. Welcome, Thanks very Jason. much. Happy pleasure, to be here. Pleasure to have you here. How do you pronounce your last name? I always forget. Kucharawi. Kucharawi. Okay. Yeah. We'll, there's we'll actually you, you add like a funny kind of Ukrainian accent to it if you're actually speaking it in Ukrainian but the English anglicized version is just Kucharawi okay Kucharawi okay okay fantastic who are you I'm, uh, my name is C, certified brewhead. Who are you? I'm Scott Cole, beer enthusiast. Scott Beer Cole. Scott Beer Cole. Throw that in there. Yeah, my middle name. And we are and at House on Parliament. We are at House on Parliament. So uh, this is our first time here. Jason, you are a OG here. I, I am. I, are, I'm a regular. I live just down the road, uh, just a five-minute stagger. How <laughs> uh, convenient. I, I am here. The uh, All the servers here know my face, if not my name. Uh, I've closed this bar many, many times, and I love this place. It's one of the best uh, gastro pubs in the city. So people come here for the food and for the drink. I right. come here for both. And so that's why you chose here today. You figured it would be a nice. Uh, yeah, on a cold day like today, it's you know minus twenty three, minus twenty four, minus so. thirty one. Last time I checked, oh, with, the yeah, with the wind chill. Yeah. yeah, Montreal's minus forty one. By the way, with the uh, yeah. forty one, making us look soft. Yeah, <laughs> we came here for a little summer vacation. Like, <laughs> Toronto's always soft in comparison. I'm like, I'm we just don't have snow. There. We're, yes. we're, we're you don't cold, need that but shit. we just don't have snow. You don't need this snow. It's annoying. But yeah, I, I love this place. This is uh, a short hop, skip, and a jump from where I live. And when people visit from out of town, like mm-hmm. you guys, this is uh, my hood. This is where I like to uh, to bring people. So it never disappoints. It's awesome. It has a really cool pubby feel. We're kind of, you know, surrounded yeah. by wood paneling. and We've got a map of London, England. Yes, there We've you go. Old paintings like, of like, old kings, Queen, Queens, Victoria, Queen Victoria. Yeah. No, it's a real hottie. cool... Uh, <laughs> 
real cool pubby feel. I like it. Yeah. It makes me want to drink lots of the beer. Lots, to lots be honest, of the beer, yeah. even at 4 p.m. Yeah, why not? And, and, start and the cold is also incentive to keep us Absolutely. indoors. Mate, it's horrendous today because we were going to do a nice little uh, mini a mini pub crawl. We go a different. We kind of canceled that just based like, on you know the what? extreme yeah. weather. Let's. Uh, we're actually let's also sit inside. We're gonna hunker down in yes, the warm and drink delicious beer. Damn right. Opposed to walking outside in the cold. Hell no. No. Speaking of that, we were actually supposed to go on one of the Toronto Urban Adventures beer tour today. Yeah, yes. the beer makes history better. So um, that's that's maybe fine. maybe we could talk about it, even though we're, yes. we haven't done it. Or so the reason, like, I guess, Jason, that we will have given you guys a bit of a preface prior to this, but do you want to sort of let people know what your involvement is in the craft beer game? For sure. Um, well, I, I've been a, a tour guide in Toronto for uh, quite a few years, like seven years now. I started working as a tour guide about 20 years ago. Seven years ago, I started my own tour company called called Tour Guides. Right. And uh, Intrepid Travel, which is this big international adventure travel company, they started a division called Urban Adventures, looking to create uh, a brand for walking tours in cities around the world. You know, short two to four hour jaunts through a city with a theme. They contacted me. They said, we like what you're doing with tour guys and your walking tours in Toronto. Do you want to join Urban Adventures? I said, that sounds amazing. So I designed a Kensington Market and Chinatown tour. And you guys were in Kensington Market earlier today. Yes. Uh, it's an amazing neighborhood to explore. Lots of really cool shops, uh, restaurants, and also great craft beer. And the other itinerary that I developed was beer makes history better. So I figured what a, a great way to uh, liven up a very dry subject like history with craft beer. So I like to say awesome. that we've taken this dry subject and we poured beer all over it nice. and uh, it made it much more palatable. So. It's essentially a walk through Old Town Toronto. We stop at a bunch of different pubs. It's not a brewery tour. We figure yeah. if you want to go see a brewery, go see a brewery. Go to a brewery, take their tour. You'll have a great time. Our tour is about exploring the history of beer in Toronto and Ontario and hitting up some really awesome local spots that have a great local beer selection but aren't places that tourists would, would find. So uh, it's our most popular tour. We were consistently selling out. Uh, our tours last summer so yeah that's uh, I was hoping you guys would be able to join us uh, yes. today but uh, didn't we'll have happen. to we'll have to come back in the summer and, and give that a go when the weather's a little it's a nice. much yeah. better yeah. summer activity yeah <laughs> today and particularly today of all days yeah just, like, literally the, the coldest day of like in the last Earth ever, ever all time ever, ever recorded in history. Yeah. So, so um, I just I got into craft beer with this tour, and because I lead this tour and I spend my time teaching people about craft beer, I now go to beer festivals. I've made friends in the industry, so I know people that write about beer, that are bloggers, that are newspaper uh, article writers, uh, authors of books on beer history and lost lost uh, breweries in Toronto. So, so you met uh, them through the tours. Uh, yeah, basically Somewhat. just an, an industry industry events right. so I wanted to be part of the craft beer industry because it's such an it's an awesome industry everyone seems Absolutely. to get along uh, you know journalists have tried to dig up dirt on like oh who doesn't get along with who in the craft beer world it's like no everybody gets along we you always get... talk about that everyone's so supportive in the craft beer world yeah. and it's it's amazing and friends of mine who, who work for breweries they travel to events you know in, in the US and they find it's the same thing there that it, it's all very supportive um, and the, the people are, are passionate about beer. And I think right. that's one of the common things that I find in the craft beer industry and in tourism as well. 
you're not going to make a million bucks, you know, yeah. making craft beer. It's, it's a labor a, of love. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the same with tourism. You know, yeah. le- leading tours, you're not going to be filthy, stinking rich, you know, in 10 years. But it's something that people really enjoy doing. Right. So I, I think that leading beer tours like ours, the, the beer makes history better. It's just this perfect blend of, uh, of craft beer and, and showing people a good time. That's really dope. Yeah. Speaking of that, just to cut in, what we neglected to do was discuss the fucking beer we right. have. Right. <laughs> we have a few pints in front of us right now. We did. We, this uh, is delicious, too. Yeah. So today we've got a Bose Embitterment IPA, which uh, is phenomenal, as usual, because Bose couldn't make a shit beer if they tried. No. Um, this is a 6.7% uh, IPA. Um, like we were saying, Jason, you said before, you thought it was a cask because there's no head There's no real head on all. this beer, yeah. Um, it's definitely piney as shit. Um, citrus. It, yeah, definitely citrus. They said uh, made with, with muddled mint. I kind of get a bit of a, but I, like you said, I think more of the piney flavor than the mm. mint, yeah. but a bit of a coolness on the end. Maybe that's where the, the mint comes in. That's yeah. a good point. Coolness yeah. in the end there. I think they're kind, of, they're kind of going for kind of like, a, like an orangey mint julep. Yes. Kind of a, yeah. a thing with uh, with this IPA, which is pretty cool, man. I like it. I think I I'd have to say I wouldn't want an overpowering mint flavor in my beer, anyways. No, like particularly that subtle, an IPA. Yes, exactly. The subtlety of it, I think, I, I appreciate more than an overwhelming, just like palate crashing yeah. mint. You know, explosion a mint in your mouth. would be pretty sick for like a mint porter or a mint stout, mm-hmm. not a mint IPA. Like I wouldn't want to chew a piece of peppermint gum and drink and a beer then, at the same no, time. That I sounds like want a, to do yeah. that. So maybe that's where the, pe- the the resiny, piney kind of flavors come from, like the mint itself. Maybe that's how it, how it turns out. But this is fantastic. I hope they bottle it. Oh, is it available in bottles? Or is that the I don't think so. Okay. I think this is this part of their February series. So they put out a new February brew every week for the month of February. So this is week two. Okay, cool. This is the second. Uh, do you, second do one. you know what the first one, one was? I I don't actually. Okay. I didn't. This is the first I've heard of February. Okay. So, the thing is, with so the craft beer up. industry, there's so much stuff happening, uh, new breweries oh, popping up. Yeah. It, like, it would be a full-time job just to keep track of everything that's going on in craft beer. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. It's, it's intense. Even like now being in like Montreal and focusing on Montreal and Toronto pretty much exclusively. And then on Instagram, like I'm sure you guys have as well, like all the Americans who are posting some crazy shit all the time. Like I just, I'm struggling. Like I feel, I feel like America is a bit ahead like, of the game right now. We're, tr- we're playing catch up, but I mean, I, f- I feel like Ontario specifically, oh, it's growing exponentially. Yeah. Ontario's going crazy. And the LCBO's pubs are supporting. popping up all over Group the place. Are People are investing in craft. And I think that's the best thing. It helps with the tours. It gives you more places to go. Even if it's not a brew pub per se, and it's a place like this that focuses on right, exactly. good beers, um, good food, like it's a whole experience. And like, like you said, you don't have to have 50 taps to be a beer bar. You have to have a lineup of good beers that complement each other. You need, and to know, you need to have someone on staff that, that knows what they're doing, that knows what, what beer is going to work. And to have a good spread. Uh, yes, I was at exactly. a really good restaurant last night. The food was fantastic. They only had one tap, and it was Steam Whistle, which is a decent beer. Never but that. even their their bottle and can selection, it was uh, a couple beers from Mill Street, a couple from Amsterdam, uh, three or four from Wellington, so all local and that stuff was about and, it. Yeah. You know, so basically, they're dealing with four suppliers. And they have a couple beers each. Uh, the place only had maybe 30 seats, mm-hmm. you know, it's so it's a small need, right? place. But it was a, a decent selection. Yeah. They're just missing a, a dark beer, like a porter or yes. a stout. 
and uh, a wheat beer. Um, if they had had those on the list, it would have been in, in, yeah, in they would my have been a complete yes, a complete uh, list, right? Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to ask you, where does someone acquire this wealth of knowledge of beer and just everything to do with beer? Being uh, a, a tour guide yourself, you know obviously a lot about it. So. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of reading. It's talking to people that are smarter than I am. Uh, right. I beer smarter though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, the thing is, like. Um, as a tour guide, when I'm leading a tour, especially on craft beer, there are a lot of really knowledgeable people out there. And as a tour guide, I feel like I need to be the most knowledgeable person in the group. Absolutely. So when I'm not leading a tour and I go and I socialize with friends in the beer industry, I'm no longer the smartest person in the room when it right. comes to that subject. So I Shopping ask them questions. Yeah. You know, you gotta I'm be a sponge, right? Yeah, yeah. like I'm, I'm a curious person. I don't like not knowing something. So when I get a question on a tour, like, how much does yeast affect the flavor of beer? You know, now I know, mm -hmm. but when I first started, I had no idea. I thought that yeast was just part of the fermentation, that it didn't really matter. Right. And then I talked to a uh, microbiologist from uh, Molson Coors. And uh, he was actually on the beer tour. Oh, awesome. And so we just got talking about yeast, and he's like, yeah, yeast is responsible for about 20% of the overall flavor of beer. Damn. Right. Blew my mind. You know, I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. And, and so now, you know, I know that the distinct characteristic of, like, a Belgian beer, it really stems from the yeast. Exactly. You know, you find there's this common sort of essence or flavor in almost every Belgian beer, and it's because of the yeast strains that they use. You know, they can use the same hops, the same malt, but it's that yeast that yeah. gives it that Belgian yes, characteristic. Absolutely. So, like, I, my knowledge, like, I thought I knew enough to lead a tour when I first started, but now, uh... I am a full like craft beer geek. I've done a little bit of home brewing. I was going to ask you, yeah, have you done some of your... I live in a very small condo. Yes. Uh, it's about 750 square feet <clears throat> with a two-year-old and a three-year-old and my uh, wife. Okay. And it's a two-bedroom. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if I ever move into a house and I get a basement and I can have a man cave, yes, I've warned yeah. my wife. I said, <laughs> you want a house? Just be forewarned. Yeah. If we move into a house, I'm going to be brewing. Or even a garage <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. she's aware of that. She yeah. knows who she married. <laughs> she knew, she knew what she was getting into. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the homebrew stuff is definitely, I feel like, for us being, like, I don't know, I guess because we're not, you're involved in it actively with the tours and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, we just did the reviews and stuff, and the reviews is more like, we go to a brew pub, kind of similar stuff, and then we're talking about maybe the, the server, or the, sometimes the brew master will come out when they see us writing reviews and shit, yep. and then they'll come and they'll start giving us information, so that's really cool, but... Homebrewing is definitely, I feel like, what we... Homebrewing is specifically my passion. I really yeah, like, um, sure. I don't know, it's such a, a joy to handcraft your own beer and just and to see other people enjoy it. Yeah. And and be able to manipulate it to taste how you want to. And that's the most amazing thing to me. Yeah. So the beer thing kind of started with us through reviewing and then through that we got into home brewing and now it's evolved into this whole uh, Craig started the, the blog beer and other shit and now it's become a podcast and it's just like you said the and beer video. community is so and video as well <laughs> like you said the beer community is just so you know uh, supportive of everyone else within the community yeah. Yeah. that it's it's it just grows like this we've met you and, and now we're on the podcast together so and then we'll keep it's awesome we just want to see where it keeps going right and no, it's, dope. It's, it's just fun 
fun and, and then the music thing mixes in with it as well Craig obviously uh, I don't know if you've heard his uh, his uh, song Jason I'm a, I'm a yeah. I'm a Jason absolutely you are <laughs> I awesome. shared that, that like crazy yeah and that's still share like that's the song too for Jason been supporting from the jump so that's why I'm super glad we finally got to do this I know we've been talking for a while yeah. and I know that uh, we have a few kind of like quasi regular guests like my brother Notion comes on um, and I feel like uh, we'll continue to do stuff like this with you and we'll get some of your industry folks to, to come through and start getting you know perspectives yeah I put it out there I said this is we've got uh, you know this podcast is happening if you guys want to come and, and get in on it like uh, you're more than welcome notice so yeah. yeah so I, I got a lot of people that said oh wow awesome but sorry you know can't do it it was very last minute but um, yeah there are people definitely that are interested in doing exactly. this you know like it's if people love craft beer which they all do uh, a chance to get together with other people that also like beer to talk about and beer and drink and talk about and drink it yeah. I mean that's you can't you know, say right? no right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah it's super good um and that's what we sort of found. People do like to talk about it. And that's the, you know, there is a lot to talk about. That's something I was just thinking before. So speaking of that, one thing that I see a lot of is everyone talking shit about craft beer where they make fun of like the, the hipsters being into it and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I feel I don't know whether it's because I don't leave my house that much or <laughs> what it is, but I don't see that. I don't see the snobby. Like I've seen all those BuzzFeed videos and they're making fun of like the stupid names and these ridiculous hipsters and that. Yeah. On your tours, I guess, and in your experience, are you seeing that? Are you seeing like a, a type of demographic? Are you seeing that snobbery bullshit? Are you seeing just general curiosity um, from maybe Keith drinkers or something? Like, what's the. Yeah, I guess on the tours, we get uh, a mix of people. I've had people on the tour who are extremely knowledgeable about beer and with knowledge <laughs> with knowledge comes great power uh, but uh, I've had people who are who are brewers themselves who are Cicerones I've had um, Canada's only master Cicerone Mirella Amato yeah, she's, um, awesome. she's a friend yeah, and she came on the tour she like a, a Cicerone is like a beer sommelier uh, she's the only master Cicerone in Canada and she came on our on the Beer Makes History Better tour. Uh, she gave me the uh, the thumbs up on the info. Awesome. Um, she get her on the podcast. But too. but on that tour, like you would never know that she was a master cicerone. She right. never like you know stepped on my toes. Yeah. The tour guide. Uh, she wants people to fall in love with beer and to appreciate it, but she doesn't flaunt that knowledge. Right. I've had other people on the tours who were also like real beer geeks and were uh, not as restrained as Morella. So I've seen a little bit of that. We do get a lot of people on the tours too who they sign up because it's a beer tour and usually when I meet the group I ask everybody what their favorite beer is you know or, or what favorite style or you know whatever it's a good icebreaker yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of file that away because when we go to these pubs then I can recommend different beers for them to try based That's on awesome. what they like right. That's great and idea. when I get people who say like oh I'm a Coors Light drinker I love Coors Light that's all I drink at home I like Coors Light Bud Light is okay <laughs> Miller Light not a big fan I'm like okay so you're into I'm thinking yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. okay you're into shitty light lagers, uh, <laughs> fake lagers yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're into rice beer yeah. so, uh, so then I can I can steer them towards some things that aren't going to be offensive to them leap. based on their palate right? yeah exactly. I'm not going to give them like a 90 IBU like double IPA right. you know I'm going to say okay start with funny then. yeah you know 
so uh, I encourage people to get outside their box and, and, and try something new. Um, but I actually like having the people that say, oh, I'm a, you know, oh, I like IPAs. I drink Alexander Keith's all the time. It's like, okay, we got, we got a bit talk, of work right? to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I saw they yeah, it. I saw it on I here. Like, everything's south Everything's fantastic. Uh, and yeah, the and then, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got that. that. They've got some Germans. Uh, I saw like, there was a wheat beer there. Pretty good list here. Yeah, this the is the hack, list for the, like the uh, Hacker Shore is good. Fuller's, Fuller's is decent, you know, it's all right. Then they have Guinness. Guinness, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people drink you know, that stuff. Right? Yeah, people like there are people that are habitual Guinness drinkers. That's all they'll drink. Yes. So yeah. like I know people who are like, oh, I don't drink beer except for for Guinness. Or they'll say, I don't drink beer, but I drink Guinness. Guinness is a stout. It's not a beer. It's like, well, no, it actually it is, <laughs> but it's 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 a stout. It's a kind of beer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, slow down. But um, um, but yeah, no, it's it's good, and I love the opportunity to introduce people to craft beer that otherwise wouldn't even go on their own. Right. There is, I think. An opportunity there uh, that I'm hoping to take advantage of where there are people who are interested in learning more about beer but they don't have a fun way to go about doing it meaning to learn about craft beer you have to either go to a craft beer festival and be surrounded by people who are craft beer geeks and or you have to go to a workshop and you might think oh there's gonna be a lot of like this pretentious hipster attitude right. I think a lot of people even though I don't see a lot of that pretentiousness in uh, in the craft beer industry I think a lot of people who are not in it thanks to the BuzzFeed like yeah. commercials and, and yeah. whatnot they think that if they go about learning about craft beer they're either going to become a hipster or, or they're going to have to deal with that pretentiousness of, right, right. of that in the environment. So what I'd like to do, this is something I've already been talking to a bar about, is like a beer 101. Because a lot of people who drink like Molson Canadian or Budweiser, they don't know the difference between a lager and a nail. Right. Like that very basic distinction, they don't know. Right. So there is an opportunity to educate and maybe after knowing what an ale is and what a lager is and what an adjunct is and you know what an IPA is and a porter and a stout, like just the just definitions of stuff, and yeah. the flavor profile of those things, what to maybe they'll drinking maybe each. they'll start exploring and yeah. you know and dabbling and maybe turn to the light side, you know, and, and start drinking craft beer right. and put away the coronas and the, yeah. the coors lights. Well I think like like you said, knowledge is power and knowing what you're drinking is half the battle really and we we introduced ourselves to some just going to Jolly Pumpkin we yes. uh, we had some sour beers before we appreciated sour beers and we were kind of put off by it because we didn't know what we, we were having yep. and we hated it for years. we hated it I was like this is terrible this is not because it wasn't what I expected it wasn't what I we didn't knew know beer sour. to be but we didn't know that's the problem but uh, now oh, soft. right that's, <laughs> yeah. we almost thought it was we looked at them and we're like off. the old it's taste like, yeah it's supposed to be which so, it is yeah exactly <laughs> that was like three four years ago and now actually. I'm and now I'm falling in it. love with sour beers like it's uh, but it like, took that time of like brewing beer of now exploring them trying different ones actively writing about it so that's why we, like we do the reviews or I do the reviews it's good because like I get to analyze rather than just okay this is cool when you actually sit down and you stop for and break it down minutes, and the brewing helped with that as well to brewing beer from scratch you, you understand what that's goes why into I it. felt I had to try my hand at home brewing you have and it was to, my yeah. friend Matt who now works for uh, excuse me, King uh, King Brewery. Yep. Uh, just oh, North so we've been there. We've been there. Yeah. So uh, it was brewing with him. I felt as a beer tour guide, I needed to get that hands-on experience to understand the process of making beer in order to talk about it. 
even though now I, I don't have, I'd like to do more homebrewing, but it's not something that I am deeply passionate about. Right. I, my perspective now is let's leave that to the professionals. <laughs> I am a, a, a great appreciator of beer. Um, but uh, that was a, a great education. I think if you are going to teach something, you really need to know the whole process. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I, I'd like more beer drinkers to understand the process, to understand uh, you know, what makes uh, beer, beer. Right. So with, uh, with our tours too, often people say, you know, oh, I learned a lot about beer on the tour and I didn't feel like it was this pretentious kind of environment. Mm -hmm. um, we've had people say to us that they've taken like beer tasting events or, or beer appreciation workshops and they felt that the tour, the way that we did it in such a casual, friendly, like non-pretentious, non very approachable, yeah, yeah. Uh, that they loved that. Cool. So. That's, That's something that we're hoping to do more of in the future are these, uh, you know, sort of get-togethers where there'll be one of our tour guides who's used to explaining beer to people that know nothing about it right. uh, but want to learn more you know, in that sort of safe environment. People need that, I think, because it's, it's so, craft is so good. And yeah. that's what always bothered me when I saw the hipster shit or whatever. Like, what's your problem? Like, like fuck, can't, can't people just enjoy good yeah. beer? But maybe there are dickheads who dress like lumberjacks and take it too far. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never seen it. Well, so I, but, like, I mean, I get criticized. I brought a six-pack of Sierra Nevada to a... Uh, to Rochelle's house? No, to a, a three-year-old's birthday party. Because well, <laughs> the thug. Well, yeah. And, that's how and all, the, all the parents are drinking, so I thought I'd bring some beer. I'd bring my own beer. Yes, yeah. And, uh, I mean, other people were drinking... Everyone seemed to be drinking Rolling Rock, which is fine to each their own, but yeah, I like... I, I used to drink that when I didn't know any right, better. Exactly. Because it's a, it's a pretty decent... Right, like, light lager. Light lager, Like you yeah, said, exactly. So... I brought out my Sierra Nevada and everyone was so offended that I brought a beer that wasn't, you know, in the top 10 at when the beer say, store. When you say offended, what do you mean? Are they giving well, shit or are they like... Like, oh, look, you've brought your fancy beer. I'm like, uh, it's, Mr. Fancy it's a pale ale. It's just a pretty straightforward, yeah. you know... Well, I was the, I was the guy in university, uh, you know, going to parties in... You know, 1996, 98, bringing Waterloo Dark. Nice. You know, like Brick was one of the... I love that stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, yes, an American lager, oh, uh, American dark lager. It's yeah. it's solid. It is really good. But people were like, they were all drinking like... Bud and cheapest, Bud Light, right, exactly. You know, PBR. Like Laker <laughs> or like whatever yeah. you know, students drank. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I was not into that kind of beer. So I was always bringing... Uh, you know, like Waterloo or Red Cap or yeah, you, were you know, early in the you, you started, yeah, yeah, yeah. '96, like fuck, there's no way I didn't know what the hell that was. I wasn't even drinking beer in '96. You're serious, right? Well, that's great. Yeah, is it? Uh, I worked for a, a kind of chain of restaurants called Moxie's before, and they brought in. Um, I believe Did you have to wear the really short skirt. Yes, that was me. I was that was me in the little tutu and the, and the, and the, and the high boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's the uniform at Moxie's. <laughs> it is. At least it used to be. I don't know if it is anymore. No, it but still is. Yeah, it used to yeah. be mini skirt. Lots of complaints about that from families, especially but. on days like today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they had. Um, I believe it's brick beer, and they, they brew uh, a grasshopper wheat um, based on a Calgary, I believe. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's Big Rock, I think. Big, big Rock, yes. Big Rock, yeah. Big Rock, yes, yeah, sorry. What's brick? 
Brick is it used uh, to be Waterloo. They, or they, or? No, they own Waterloo. Are they the parent company? Yeah, yeah. So it's like Brick, yes. Brick okay. Brewing, uh, so they, and they they own their them. brands. They own Waterloo. They also got the license to brew Red Cap, which was one of the top selling lagers in like the 1950s. So they basically brought back that recipe right. and uh, rebranded it. Type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But yeah, the whole yeah. Waterloo, like Waterloo, does uh, a Rattler now. Yes, uh, I did which see that. is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, they're it's light. It's light, isn't it? You know what? It's not as light. Uh, it's like four point something. Right, which a so lot of three. A, a lot of right. Rattlers are like two, yeah, two yeah, point yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. This is got actually closer to, to like a light beer. Yeah, it's got yeah, some yeah. kick. Nice. So it's something that's a little more fun to drink than uh, say uh, like a Stiegel. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I like it. It's local stuff. It's technically craft. Speaking of that, so something else that we came across recently was this article that had it was craft beer versus indie beer. We were talking about this last night very briefly, and I wanted to get your perspective on that. You know, yeah. like you know what's up already. Uh, I guess the article was saying that the term craft beer, everyone hates it. It's now being poisoned by the shit we were just talking about with the hipster thing. Yeah. And they're calling it indie beer as an independent beer, just like independent music. Um, as far as that that being more the, the more accurate term to describe what we're participating in, I think what are your thoughts? I think it's because uh, you're getting craft craft breweries that are being bought by larger breweries right. and so it used to be there was this huge amount of pride in being known as a craft beer and the idea that you know it's made from uh, simple ingredients without a lot of adjuncts small batch, that small batch yeah. by people who really care First and foremost, about the product, about the actual liquid itself, versus caring about the brand sales and, and the, the brand. Right. Because when you buy a, a a Budweiser, you're not actually buying the beer; you're buying into the brand, the right. lifestyle almost. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's like there was a, a comedy troupe called the Frantics uh, here in Toronto, and they had an old um, actually no, was it the Frantics or it might have been uh, the Air Farce, but it was this radio uh, sketch where. Guy walks into a beer store, he goes, hey, well, welcome to the beer store, uh, how can I help you? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm looking for a beer, uh, I don't know much about it. He's like, oh, well, maybe I can help you. Uh, let me ask you some questions. Uh, are you into beach volleyball? No, I'm not really into sports. Like, are you into football? No, no. Are you into rock concerts? Like, no, I, I, I like more classical music. Uh, how about, um, he named all these things that you normally yeah. see in beer Associated commercials. With beer, yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not really into any of that. And so he said, well, I'm sorry, sir, there's nothing I can do for you. And so he left. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, I mean... They, that sounds like big beer. Yeah, that's big beer. So that's craft awesome. was kind of the antithesis of, of big beer. Um, you know, all about flavor, all about uh, the passion. But now you have these established craft beer brands being bought by the big guys. And so, We're seeing a lot of that, I feel like, in, in yeah, recent times. absolutely. Like Mill Street was scooped was up. Exactly, yeah. You know, Mill Street bought um, Brickworks Cider. Yes, right they, after they were acquired by oh, Labatt. Yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of people who are saying like, oh man, those guys sold out. You know, we're indie, you know, like we're doing it ourselves. We're not... So what's happening is these craft beer brands, like uh, AB InBev, they bought Goose Island. Yes. Yes. Uh, Goose Island is still making the same beer that they were before. Exactly. You know, so from a beer drinker perspective, I don't think, like, I'm not going to change what I like based on, at the very top, who owns it. Right. I'm going to drink 
products that I that really I enjoy. So Goose Island, I will still drink. Mill Street, I will still drink because I know the people who make the beer. Yes, like the exactly. people are not changing. It's Even still the with same the, where the money goes at the end of the day. Because say for example that Budweiser Super Bowl lad that was shitting on craft beer, like we're proudly beagle, which was a big fuckery because they made fun of. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was a lesion action. They made the peach fucking, uh, what was it? Peach something ale? Peach uh, pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin, pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, And they yeah, made yeah, fun yeah. of it. Then they bought a craft brew that actually makes one. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Like, the irony is incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. But, like, and I agree. Yeah. I've been to, uh, we went to Goose Island before. Yeah. Oh, just, I, that was I after, 2011. You, I went went to Goose Island. you didn't go? No. Oh. Well, we went to, uh, Tiff and I went to Goose Island in 2012. Yeah. And phenomenal beer. Did not know... And that it was purchased at the time. Yeah. I still have their beers if that's all available. All that's available, even though they are quality, I am. It taints it a little bit. It taints it, not with the. I agree with you. I'm still drinking. Like I went to the Mill Street for over Christmas, like twice. Went to both the different ones. I yeah, know yeah. that money's going to Labatt's pockets, right? But at the end of the day, though, if it's good beer, it's good but beer. It's also, as long as the product has not changed, as long as the company doesn't. But does it bother you? But they haven't this? shut down the brewery, so they yes. actually invest in the brewery. They're going to be hiring more locals, so they're right. actually they're injecting more money I'm okay into with that. Mill Street. They're going to okay hire more people. And as Mill Street grows, they're going to be able to hire more reps across Canada. Like, they want to expand across Canada. Right. So, and yeah, more jobs get in for Montreal, Canadians. to be honest, from, yeah. from this. Because right. all they need is a warehouse in Montreal. Exactly. And they get Quebec distribution. Because yeah. now we have bows, thank fuck. I think what people are thinking of is, well, they might not have this long of a historical memory, but uh, E.P. Taylor who was a businessman, he was a famous horse breeder, uh, he was in the 1950s and 60s. If someone said, imagine a, a millionaire, you'd think of like short, chubby guy, top hat, monocle, monocle the yeah. monopoly guy. Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was E.P. Taylor, Edward Plunkett Taylor. What he did was after the Great Depression, uh, he went and he bought all of these struggling breweries, hundreds of them in Ontario, shut them all down except for about 11. And he folded them all into one company that was, I think it was called the Ontario Brewing Company. And then he said, what the masses want are bland, generic lagers. Yeah. And so we went from having this incredible diversity of brewing to a big corporation or one this guy. Is, this is far before the craft boom, right? Oh, yeah. So, this yeah. is like we're talking 1920s, 1930s. Yeah. He went about buying up all these small breweries, closing almost all of them, keeping a handful, combining them. And that eventually merged with Molson. So okay. that's okay. why you had Molson and Labatt being the dominant brands right. in Canada because right. of E.P. Taylor basically killing off this the diversity. Huh. And so it's now we're just getting back to the variety uh, and number of breweries that we had right. back in the yeah. early 20th century. Right. And so what the big brands, what they're doing is when they're buying these, these craft uh, breweries, they're trying to get market share, but they know that the customers who buy those brands will drop them like a bad habit if, if the change. recipe changes. Exactly. So they're going to have they're to smart enough really to know, try yeah. to either distance themselves from it. Like I think Molson was smart with Creamore to keep their hands off the operation. They said, we bought Creamore and Granville Island. We're just going to help with distribution, you know, help you increase production, get our best brewers on board because when you scale up a recipe, it changes. You can't, Absolutely. you can't brew, you know, in a, in a te 10 hectoliter tank, the same beer that you would brew in like a hundred hectares. So yeah. like it, it changes the flavor, but that's where the really, the best brewers that they have can come in and say, here's how we can preserve the flavor without compromising quality. Right. And then we can up the production, up the scale, get it out to more people so more people can enjoy that brand. Right. 
so, you know, a lot of people I saw a lot of negative reaction to the purchase of Mill Street by Labatt. And I was one of these voices saying, like, I don't think it's that bad a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not going to affect like, the beer. Like, Joel flavor, Manning right? is still the brewmaster, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and I know him. Yeah. Like, he's he's a great guy. He's going to make sure that the product will still be solid. Uh, I know a couple of the brewers that work in the, in the Mill Street Brewery. Uh, you know, their roles aren't changing. So... I don't know. So they're it's, not getting screwed. Yeah. The people are still getting their beer. It's just the money lines the pockets of the big companies, which the ETH, that my only thing, is more of a purist in the sense, I guess that's why I was kind of asking, like yeah. lining the pockets of the dudes who are technically trying to fuck with the industry itself and the, that, like, I don't want to be like one of those dicks that like, oh, you got to keep it small because it's craft, man. Like, yeah. like it's redundant. I'm all about growth as well. So yeah. I understand. I guess it's more like, it's, it's a very, there's an ethics issue in the sense of like, what do you, I want to support Mill Street, I think as an entrepreneur, if like we thought we were saying, I yeah. mean, you said that, I'm like, when I posted it, you had some really insightful stuff when you said on Facebook, and you were like, you pretty much said, what you, know, I'm yeah, sure what you, what you said, said yeah. now. But like, if I was if I was the Mill Street dudes and I could get an extra 10, 20 mil by like selling a portion of the company or whatever it was to Labatt to scale, if I if I'm like gonna keep cruising or if I'm like you know I could scale this, and I could create more jobs, and like even though. It would probably have hurt, like Joel, yeah. being craft guy. Yeah. He might have been like, but it's oh. business when it comes down to business. Is yeah, business. No, and I get it because if you're yeah. all that, I would have been like, you got to. It's most likely done the yeah. same. Mill Street for the last ten years, they've been trying to build their brand to the point where, like, they had investors who they wanted to get the maximum return on their investment. So that's like all it was. Thing. Okay, so, so they wanted it to be bought where they could basically cash out. Labatt has been knocking on Mill Street's door yeah. for many years. Yeah. I don't know exactly how long, and this is just something that I've heard through little birds that I, I know in the industry, that they've been knocking on, on the doors uh, of Mill Street for a long time, and now it's uh, it's finally happened. You know, I think they were waiting for kind of craft to peak, you know, where they could get the most amount of most value yeah, from exactly. the selling. So they yeah. said no, no, no for many, many years, and then finally went, okay, you know, we'll pull the trigger. Will sell, yeah. you know, because the the market is being flooded now. There's so many more oh, craft yeah. craft beers that are coming out that the more players you have, suddenly that brand that you have, it's now accompanied by so many other brands. Yeah. You know, there's a chance that the value might go down. If you're like the number one selling craft beer brand, one year, five years later, there might be someone else who gains on you and your value drops. Yeah. So Mill Street was the the number one. It was the most award-winning craft brewery in Canada. Right. You know, so they racked up all kinds of medals and awards international and awards right. yeah. and accolades and a huge fan base. And they just and they saw that, that that was growing. Yeah. And so they held off as long as they felt that that growth was, was going necessary. To right. Exactly. Boom. And did you know, that. That's a smart move. So the first thing I did see, wise, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. I did see Bose immediately claim as soon as that happened, we yeah. are now the number yes. the largest craft brewery in Canada. Yes, exactly. Yeah, in Canada, not yeah. just Ontario. And OCB. Ontario Craft Brewing Association yep, basically well they pulled Mill Street's membership like oh, immediately they're wow. like boom you're, you're out of the craft yeah. beer yeah. you know so they basically so revoked can that can they put that label on their beer now no, no so they, they can't. can't right 
So mm. the average person, see, this is where like I'm torn. Like the average person now will get to experience Mill Street more likely. Now they're going to be in Quebec, whereas it's a good thing, which is a good thing. And now I get to like when I'm there, I'm, I have the choice yeah. between Mill Street and, and Bose. On top of all the phenomenal Quebec craft beers. However, however, however <laughs> then you've got are they, you know. Do they lose? Like, at what point? Because when a corporation, you know, I've worked for corporations before. I know how these cunts work. Like, if at some point they may start to, you know what? I don't want to do it that way. And they can, they have that power to change it. Like, we actually had a very interesting conversation with Creamore after the Lot Nine kills it. So we did that very first beer and other shit video, which was just like a little test thing. Yeah. And we reviewed that. The pills now, and I—I I think when I reviewed it on Instagram, I ended up getting the brewmaster from Creamore commenting because our theory was that Creamore, no, Molson dabbled in the recipe of Lot Nine because just the rest of Creamore is completely different. Really different. It, it tastes so macro, so macro, macro like compared to their other beer. Yeah. Um, should we order another? Uh, we should order another. Yeah, what I was actually going to say yeah. was, what we'll do, we'll wrap this one up yeah. and we'll do a part two. We'll do a two part. Absolutely. Because this is Let's like forty it. minutes, and then we'll do a quick intro. It's and been this a has pleasure. Been a great conversation yeah. yeah we should definitely let's, do let's order another so, beer and continue this is episode this. 14 yeah this is Jason hey say your last name again one more Kucharawi. time Kucharawi yeah, I'm right <laughs> I forgot <laughs> it right there it's a hard name to grow up and with and it's Toronto Urban Adventures <laughs> Toronto episode Adventures. 14 we're at House on Parliament uh, downtown Toronto cold as fuck so we're gonna come back with episode 15 and we'll do something else plus wicked thank you for that you're a sick guy thanks man guys my pleasure cheers bam